Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. All right, here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm thrilled you're joining us today. We're going to have a great conversation. We're going to learn about a new initiative launched by Ling Bloomson called the Memory Collective. Um, But for those of you that are new, I would like to tell you a little bit about us. Alzheimer's Speaks um, Radio is really about sound information, not just sound bites. So we have a conversation for an hour, and today we're a live show, so feel free to call in at 323-870-4602. Our goal is to raise all voices, big and small, all around the world. So that means those diagnosed, those caring and serving them, advocates, researchers, and so much more. If you think your story would be something of interest, please reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. And also, if you liked our opening music, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and they are local here in Minnesota, and I am just so appreciative that they let us use their song. Now, before I introduce you to our guest, I always like to do a few shout-outs. So um, first, I want to um, just let people know, I, I know we're still feeling isolated, even though some of the masks have come off, but um, I'm doing uh, two virtual memory cafes for uh, Arthur's uh, Senior Care. We do those the second and the fourth Wednesday of each month, and those are virtual. And then I also am doing a Caregiver Connect program, which is sponsored by Brookdale North Oaks. And this month we're going to meet um, virtually again. That is the last Wednesday of the month. Hopefully in April we will be back together. Um, when we meet in person, um, Brookdale also um, sponsors someone to uh, watch and um, engage those living with dementia. So that does not have to be an issue for anyone there. Also, on April 6th, I'm really excited about this, our friends are having their documentary on PBS. It's called Determined Fighting Alzheimer's, and it followed three women as they enrolled in a new study to try to prevent Alzheimer's. And you have to excuse my voice. I My allergies are not knowing what to do. It should be spring, and we might actually get snow or sleet yet today here in Minnesota. Let's see. And then Winona Dementia Friendly Communities is having a whole week of activities, and they've invited me down. So I will be in Winona doing two screenings of A Timeless Love on April 7th and April 8th. Um, Then on the 20th of April, 
Artist Senior Living is sponsoring a virtual program I'll be doing called As the Cookie Crumbles. And let's see, what else do I want you to know about? Mods Awards is open. So if you are an individual or if you are an organization, you can apply to win an award for work you've already done. The application process is very easy. You can just go to modsawards.org for more information on that. And let's see, two more things. Um, There is going to be a Dementia Summit with Dr. Dale Bredesen and Dr. Pat Cook, which is sponsored by the um, Central Minnesota Dementia Community Action Network known as DCAN, and it is free if you are in if you want to go in person um, or virtually. <clears throat> but if you need credits, there is a there is a charge for that. All of these you can find on our website, um, or you can also go to um, DementiaMap.com and check out all the wonderful resources that we have there as well. So with no further ado, let me introduce our guest today. I am so thrilled to have her with us. I I respect her so highly. Carolyn Claver um, has been a nurse for 38 years, but she's also a friend and a colleague, and her passion and her heart to care for people dealing with dementia and their families is, is just extraordinary. Um, She has actually served as a dementia specialty coach for caregivers and has coordinated cognitive and social stimulation for people with uh, forms of dementia for 17 years. She works for Ling Bloomston and she is the co-developer of a new program called the Memory Collective. And that is for those in early, kind of early on in the dementia journey. And it offers activities with their peers in an eight-week-long program that runs quarterly. So welcome, Caroline. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Well, I am I am so thrilled to have you on the show. I just I so appreciate the work you do and the heart you have for it. You are, you know, such a passionate and compassionate person. Again, I want to remind our audience this is a live show. <clears throat> so if you want to call in, you can do that. The number is three two three eight seven zero four six oh two. I know a lot of you listen after and that is perfectly fine as well. But before I ask uh, Carolyn any questions regarding the program, I want to ask her so that you know, you know, if she's been personally touched by dementia in her own family or circle of friends. Yes, Lori, I unfortunately have. And yet I will tell you that um, they were um, people that I love very dearly right to the end. I have uh, three of my four parents had dementia. Uh, My father had vascular dementia. My father-in-law had Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia. My mother also had uh, Parkinson's syndrome and Lewy body dementia. I have uh, two first cousins that before they were 65, uh, one had frontal temporal dementia and has since passed. And Another um, has had Alzheimer's for many, 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 many years. 
Um, so unfortunately, I have all of the top four uh, dementias near to me. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. You know, I still get every now and then some people who haven't been touched other than the work that they do. And, you know, everybody kind of holds their breath and they're the first to say, you know, they're just waiting for that shoe to drop because they know the numbers are very likely that it will touch their inner circle as well. So thank you for sharing that. I think sometimes, well, you know, our listeners feel they're all alone. No one else is going through that. And we are all touched on on a lot of different levels and a lot of different roles when it comes to dementia. So, again, appreciate that information. Now, we're here to talk yeah. about the Memory Collective. So let's start out with who the, who the heck is it for um, to begin with? So um, I have um, worked with people in middle, early to middle stage dementia and uh, in the beginning of the late stage for a long time. For a year, I ran an early memory loss group um, as a pilot. And as I was looking at this group, because the Memory Collective does not require an assessment. It's an enrichment program, and people that feel they are interested in it sign up for it on their own uh, through our website. And so I really struggled with how to describe who, because I don't think in the early stages, I know that all, not all people have memory loss per se. So the who that I try to describe this for <clears throat> are the people who are earlier in their symptoms. They maybe haven't been diagnosed, but they can tell there's a change in how they're thinking and working uh, on things. So they may have mild cognitive impairment or they are people that have skill changes, which might be memory, language, visual perception, or processing. I want to catch okay. them early on in their dementia journey. Um, very important to me. Okay, wonderful. I, and I think that's, you know, one of those big gaps, too, that we've been hearing about for years about what about us, you know, <laughs> just because we're not having major issues and, and we can still function at certain levels and still be engaged doesn't mean that we don't want support either. And, um, and to know that there's other people like them, I think just getting that peer group together in and of itself is miraculously helpful to so many, so many individuals with that. So with the memory collective itself, what exactly do you do and how long does it last? And, yeah, so um, in that hour and a half, I think this is another thing that may help people to uh, decide if this is right for them or not. For an hour and a half, our focus is on one topic, but there's a lot of socializing and discussion that can interject and occur within that theme, um, whereas the later stages of dementia Activities need to be, uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes long. So this one, people can stay engaged in much longer. And <clears throat> when you think of the terminology collective memory, that is a shared pool of memories, knowledge, information in a social group. And that's exactly what this is. We're memory collective because we're coming together, 
we're wanting to share the strengths of each person. Um, and each quarter uh, has a theme, but within that, we really go deep into that theme, whether it's talking about culture or music or history of something, um, <clears throat> art of a certain topic. So it is the opportunity for all of us to learn from each other, but as well as get to know each other. I love that. I, you know, to me, it sounds like a, a group of friends getting together. When I think of collective memory, you kind of feed off one another and, um, you know, tell your own story. And so th those are very intimate conversations, even though they can be fun and uplifting. You really get to know somebody, um, what they like, what they don't like, what their history is, um, all of those types of things, which, you know, today Absolutely. we live in a we live in a pretty superficial world, and um, I think a lot of people are missing out on that. I mean, I, I even think of our kids, you know, sitting there texting. They're not going so deep, typically, in their conversations. Right. And, I, you know, I'm sure there'll be some people that are like, you're stereotyping, and I, and I am. I am. Not, sure. not everybody falls I, into one category. You know, Lori, one of the things um, – not everybody may relate to this, but maybe some of you, this will draw something from your past, but I relate what we're doing to what I grew up with. I'm a dairy farmer's daughter from Southern Minnesota. And back in the 60s, people used to stop by for coffee. It wasn't scheduled, it wasn't on the calendar. Um, it was a knock on the door, how are you doing? Do you have some time to visit? And it was casual and it was, done um, very sincere with homemade goodies because my mom with six kids always had something baked. Um, and I, I really see it as that. And when you talk about how superficial our world is, it's amazing how deep some of our conversations actually can go and how much um, all of us in our memory collective group want to express our own thoughts on something that's dear to us, but you don't naturally get into those conversations when things are uh, done in short um, spurt. Give us a platform to do that. Well, and I think, you know, when you're talking, you know, kind of about growing up, it, you didn't need a formal invite. Everybody was a welcome and, and every, everyone was respected and, you know, conversations could be light or they could be deep. It just depended on what people needed. And you're giving them a safe, comfortable place to be their authentic self. And most importantly, to be heard. I think that's one of the biggest yeah. complaints I hear is nobody listens to me. They don't, they don't value my opinion or my thoughts. They don't, they don't even give me eye contact half the time you know, and, and let me join, feel like I'm part of the conversation. And to be able to give that back to people, that is massively, massively huge. I know for myself, I didn't understand that to the depth that I needed to until my mom had moved into a nursing home, which really wasn't our family's plan. Um, you know, she was going to stay with us. And then one day she woke up and said that's where she wanted to go because my dad ended up being there because he had to be. Um, due to a fall. And, you know, I was still a little resistant thinking, you know, I could care for her better. But it was seeing them, it, seeing her interact with her peers and to give right. people 
that peaceful place where they have friendships, they have peers, they're with like-minded people who understand and are willing to listen to them. Um, and, and not just listen, but really hear them, really be interested. Because I think sometimes we get those, uh, we pretend like we're listening, but we get that dazed over look and we're doing 12 other things just to say, well, we, we like you know, we let them be heard, but you didn't listen. And there's a big difference. Right. And, and people with dementia at all ages, I still still think can really tell the difference in that because there's so many nonverbals that were given off, you know, with exactly. that. So, so that's Very pretty much cool. So, so uh-huh. you know, your Lingblumen is located in Minnesota here. So where where do you go to participate in the collective? Is it in person? Is it virtual? Um, you know, there's so much of that zigzaggy stuff going on right now with, with COVID still yeah, in our lives. Exactly. So um, we are doing every quarter, we're offering two sessions. And they're, the sessions are eight weeks long. Of those, seven are over Zoom for an hour and a half. On the eighth week, we meet in person. And it's in a location related to the theme. So our first quarter, uh, we just wrapped up last week, and that was on Minnesota Fun Facts. And uh, we we had an opportunity to do the Minnesota History Center behind-the-scenes tour, which was really very cool. Um, But uh, of the group, um, only half of them chose to come in person, which, you know, Honestly, there's the freedom to decide, am I okay with meeting in person at this time, um, or do I feel safer over Zoom only? And um, I think because of the seven weeks of having the opportunity to get to know the group, some felt it was okay to miss that last one. For others, that uh, time of being together, you can tell they're longing for it very much so. Um, I will always wear my mask out in public because of my own immune system, but um, the group chose to everyone wear their masks, and it just turned out to be uh, a wonderful time. So an hour and a half each time, seven weeks over Zoom, and if for some reason something happened when we were supposed to get together in person, we'd uh, go ahead and meet over Zoom. So it's eight weeks, and there's two different days they can choose from. Okay. So okay. let me ask, ask you this: when it comes to the um, when it comes to the topic, initially I thought there was like a, a different topic each time. But is there a big general topic, and then each session is kind of a subtopic of the bigger topic? That is that is exactly correct. So okay. what ends up is um, the first quarter we've chosen to have it be about the fun facts. Um, The second quarter is on sports. The third quarter is on travel. The fourth quarter is on nature. And then in each of those, the eight weeks are all differently. uh, Excuse me, are all different. Um, We have a week where we talk about the history of. So, When we start sports, we'll be talking about the history of sports in Minnesota. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll also talk about the music of sports one week. We'll talk about the art of sports one week. 
the culture of sports, and boy, did I learn a lot when I dug into that, including how much sports actually does for our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that was wonderful. We have a guest speaker that comes. We do an intergenerational week, and then we have our outing. So it gives us an opportunity to dig deeper, but I really encourage the group to interrupt as much as they want. There is no requirement that we get through what I have. It's really just giving us an opportunity to um, have something as a basis for conversation, but it's okay if we branch off from that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really difficult to get together with a group and not have a theme because sometimes uh, it, you have a hard time knowing uh, where to go with the conversation. And this mm-hmm. gives a framework each time, gives intentionality. Uh, the folks know what the topics are going to be. If they have something they want to talk about, they bring it to that um, topic as well. And um, it has worked out really well. It's amazing the depth that you can take into uh, each of these. And I've actually enjoyed it quite a lot. Well, what I like is the flexibility because that way the group really gets to take on their own persona. You know, each of them, you know, can add to it. It's not overly structured. You know, you really get into um, storytelling and life lessons and experiences and, you know, all of those types of things. And when you were talking about the sports of music right away, I'm picturing my mom, even towards, you know, the the end stages of Dementa, sing along with Take Me Out to the Ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) And this big smile on her face and glint in her eyes. And, you know, those things are so powerful because, like you said, all of these topics are, you can't escape them. You know, they're embedded in all of us, but they're embedded in different ways. And it allows to bring up cultural differences and, I mean, just a little bit of everything. You know, even, you know, your experience is probably going to be um, different in terms of where did you live in the cities or what was your economic status or, um, you know, did you you have a wood by you or a park by you was probably going to make a difference in the whole nature piece. Um, Or did a family have a cabin? I, I can see those conversations going all over the place and maybe I'm wrong in terms of of what you're doing and please correct me if if I'm off on that oh that's exactly correct and we've had people that have grown up in other states um we've grown up with some that have had some real um struggles with diversity based on who um their family is or or their um cultural differences and so you know, some of those strong emotions have come out. And honestly, I think that that, to me, signifies a true friendship. Because when mm-hmm. all you talk about is the weather, um, you aren't bonding on something um, that might hold you together. Whereas when you start getting into deep subjects and you hear everybody supporting that person and saying, wow, that had to be hard and... and um, gosh, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but um, now when you bring it up, it kind of reminds me 
um, my ethnicity, actually, that we were the butt of jokes um, when when I was growing up. So it really, um, it's had a positive, um, well, it, like I said, it, it allows for you to get to know people at a different level. It then increases trust. And it feels like true friendship. And that's what we all long for anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And I remember in the beginning when, you know, people were meeting virtually online with different dementia groups, um, professionals and family members very much poo-pooing that these, you cannot develop real, real connections. And I'm like, oh, you guys are so wrong. <laughs> you are so yeah. wrong because yeah. their conversations are really authentic and they're, they're, they're deep and sometimes they're emotional um, and they're funny and, you know, they're just a a little, little bit of everything. And so I, you know, I'm a big believer, uh, granted, it's nice to meet in person, but not everybody can, not everybody has transportation or, you know, or maybe they're sick and they don't want to pick something up or give something away, you know, to somebody else, but they can still, participate there's there's a value on so so many levels with all of that um yeah now when we were doing um a um zoom session in the middle of covid the first time that we met um i will never forget we had five or six groups that met each week um that i and andrea lewandowski um facilitated and there were tears. People mm-hmm. seeing each other again, being able to see smiles, um, sing together, do exercises together. It was so powerful. Um, so, and the other thing that I, I think is important is some people have memories of doing Zoom as a family and finding that their person um, couldn't really get into the conversation. And I would beg families to give this a try. It's different because we're seeking out each person. Uh, We want their input. I'm facilitating to get them engaged where I think it's not uncommon that families kind of get into this zone and you kind of uh, pick up on who's the one that talks all the time, who's the one that jokes all the time, um, and those that are quieter, which often becomes our folks with dementia, they get left off to the side. So, of course, if they're not engaging, it's because people haven't engaged them or in a way that's positive. So, no, I believe in the power of um, just being together however we can. Yeah, I really agree with you on that whole family dynamic thing because we all have our roles and they come up and there's intimidation and, you know, things that can happen. And when you're starting fresh, um, it, it just evens the playing field out. You know, nobody's nobody's uh, one step higher on the hierarchy you know, type scale or or you know their their opinion rules the family because a lot a lot of families have that situation going on so um, yeah I, I I agree and and I think part of it is teaching families like you said to speak differently and to listen you know sometimes it's right. not even speaking it's 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 the listening part I think <laughs> sometimes is really 
really missed um, on things. So for uh, people participating, do they have to be in Minnesota? And if so, do they have to be in certain counties or? So this is an enrichment class. So technically, no, they don't have to be from Minnesota. You know, not many of us can travel for an in-person session, so they may only make the seven weeks. Um, you know, uh, it'd be great if they were from St. Paul or Minneapolis or the suburbs, but I also, because I grew up rural, I know there are many people that don't have the opportunities that you have living in the city. So um, honestly, I, I, you're signing up on your own. I'm not doing an assessment. So um, yeah, go for it. If it's of interest, if it's something you're curious about, um, I say, come on board, give it a try. Yeah, I like that attitude too. I know that there's, you know, a lot of grants and things and they have to stay within their parameters and it's like why are we limiting who we're caring for i mean i get that that's a priority you know you want to kind of feed your own neighborhood and stuff but gosh you know we've expanded past that and if this is something that can help others i think it's really um important to invite people in um and and see things expand too because you 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 never know where your next clients are coming from anyways uh just because they're they don't live in the neighborhood today doesn't mean they won't tomorrow (laughs) you know so or they um, haven't lived in this area in the past they may have like you talked about they may be a, a minnesota cabin person or they may have had an uncle who lived in Minnesota that they saw in the summers, or they may have always wanted to come to Minnesota and not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, yeah, our theme um, is around Minnesota, but of course, even in our participants currently, that doesn't mean that they all, for example, uh, love a specific sports team. So there gets to be a little bit of um, of razzing or or having fun, um, which I... To me, again, that's what friendship is about, is just trying to find ways to have uh, fun or have a very sincere conversation. Oh, I agree. I totally, totally agree. So now you said you've got a couple of programs, um, you know, coming up every quarter and stuff. So is one, has one already started um, or yep. is there an opening for a new one and can somebody, you know, come in midway? How does all of that work? Yeah, so I'd love to share a little bit about that. We just wrapped up our first quarter. Our second quarter will begin the first week of May. Um, and right now my groups are happening on Thursday afternoon from 1 to 2.30 or Friday morning from 10 to 11.30. Um, Will I learn something that will change how we do this? Likely, that's what happens as you go, you you gain insights. But I ended up choosing Thursday afternoon and Friday mornings because we all know there are some people that don't do well in the morning. And we all know that there's some people that do better uh, after they get going a little bit and they're better in the afternoon. So um, I wanted that option, but also for the outing, so many places are not open now until Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
And mm-hmm. so in order to do an outing, that limited the days that I could do this. Our next session starts on May 5th, Thursday afternoon, or May 6th, Friday morning. And you choose one or the other. They go for eight weeks. So we will end on June 23rd day or June 24th, that Friday. And that will be the sports theme. Um, and uh, then we will start our uh, summer quarter on July 14th and 15th. And we'll end that actually um, on September 1st and 2nd. It's hard to avoid these holidays. So I had to put the puzzle together here. We will actually start our fall quarter uh, on September 29th and September 30th in order to be done the week before Thanksgiving. So we will end November 17th and November 18th. So um, that is how things are shaping up. And um, would it be okay, Lori, if I shared a little bit of how we came to doing the Memory Collective? Oh, absolutely. In fact, that was something I wanted to ask you because I think this is just such a a wonderful, wonderful program that you put together. So I always like to know, you know, kind of the the backstory. So please. Yeah. So the gathering has been something that we've run since the year 2000. Um, We won uh, state recognition as well as national recognition for that program. And of course, during covid we did take a pause for that. Um, it's back going again, um, three uh, different days of the week, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, during COVID, we started groupie respite for those that, um, um, you know, as we believe many need or, or it's beneficial to have socialization. So we started those five, six groups of groupie respite to at least give the caregiver a pause and give us an opportunity to socially connect with our people from the gathering and from the community that needed that. Um, But also, if I go back, um, you know, I've done this almost two decades. If I go back, um, there was a time, um, and I don't have the exact year, but I'm going to say close to 10 years ago now, I ran a pilot on Summit Avenue for a year that was just an early memory loss program. I did it with a a U of M uh, nursing doctoral student and um, we learned a great deal um, at uh, doing that program. Um, Of course, back then it was in person every time and we never dreamed about doing something over Zoom. Um, But um, it, it can be a little harder to do the early memory loss programs to sustain them. And so um, trying to imagine how we could continue with our success over Zoom for programming, um, the Memory Collective started to develop out of that. Um, And, you know, you think back maybe to the first time uh, your doctor um, might have mentioned that you know, you have dementia or you have Alzheimer's or you have um, whatever uh, type of dementia you have. But if you were early enough in that process, did they give you a list of activities that you could do? Or did they say, 
we'll see you again in another year. And then you wonder what to do with yourself. And um, you want to be a part of groups, but things have changed. Maybe bridge is a little bit more complicated than, than uh, what it used to be for you or, um, or physically, maybe uh, some of the activities you used to do like tennis have become difficult for you to play. So some of those social groups have changed. And so what we are saying is we intentionally wanted a group. And again, I'm going to stress that this is an enrichment group. This is not requiring an assessment. Um, we wanted to form a group intentionally for people early on in this, a way to keep exploring and learning. An intentional program designed especially for those early in the journey. And um, Andrea Lewandowski and myself developed this program. Um, we both have a long uh, history of working with people um, in uh, dementia and we wanna keep life interesting. So how could we collectively create opportunities to express those memories? And how could we do that to look at it holistically? And that's why we chose some of the topics that we did to kind of hit on um, a variety of people's interests. Um, and so um, it has been through, well, collectively between Andrea and I, um, it's probably three decades of experience in putting this together. Um, now, that doesn't mean this is seamless because um, whenever you um, allow for um, flexibility and people to jump in, um, that means that the river flows where the river flows. Um, and um, although I do facilitate to make sure that everybody gets a chance to uh, uh, be active throughout the process, um, it still um, is that we may not finish that topic that week because we ended up having a more interesting conversation on something else. So um, our goal is to have satisfaction with interaction, uh, something that uh, people felt good about when they left um, and a uh, feeling of connection. I love that. I love that. And, you know, your, your, your point about, um, you know, leaving the doctor's office with, you know, being told everything you can't do or in, in no, you know, no resources, no connections in terms of what you still can do and the, the possibilities. I mean, I, I just started a um, dementia in the arts group and, oh my gosh, it's, fabulous what people can do who have never been artists some of them should actually be commissioned you know and and just approaching it at a whole different angle of you're still able to connect and you know life is about adaption and anyone who thinks it's not needs to look at their life a little, a little closer because that's what we all do in all different situations we're constantly adapting um, to fit in or to be heard or whatever, whatever the situation is. And I think it's done so subtly, people forget that we're constantly in that mode. And when you've got a chronic illness, 
um, we need to be more conscious about that. And I, you know, right. I love I love what you're doing with the Memory Collective. It just it makes so much sense. I was going to give a plug out for one other um, group that some of your people might be interested in, and I don't know if you've heard of it, but when you brought up sports, there's a program called Baseball Memory Programs, and that's all they do is they talk about the, the history of baseball from the equipment <laughs> to whatever, and it's like a memory cafe thing, and it's free. And um, the, I'll, I'll just give out the, um, the URL for it. It's sabrbaseballmemories.org. And I had interviewed them on a show, oh, gosh, ages ago. But, you know, he talked, too, just about this fascination about the reminiscing and the storytelling and, and how much he learned from you know, the people in the group, because that's what happens when you share your stories. You learn from one another. You expand your mind. You expand your heart. And um, everybody walks out, I think, a better person. And, and so, Without a doubt. Yeah. So so I love what you're doing. And I'm, I am thrilled, you know, your company, Ling Bloomston, is, is behind this. They always do amazing work and, you know, really look at that second half of, of life and, you know, what is still possible? You know, how do we bring joy? How do we bring connections? And adding this program is, a, is an absolute perfect fit. Now, um, for website, they can go to lingbloomston.org forward slash community dash services forward slash memory collective. And if you can't remember all that, don't worry because we've we've got that information <laughs> down for you um, on the the blog and, and the radio show. But you can also email Carolyn at C Claver, and that's K L A V E R at Lingbloomston dot org. Um, and is there a phone number that's okay to give out? I had one down yep. here but I yep okay yeah, so I have that six five one four one four five two nine one okay that's what I have down so we're good on that too so <laughs> wonderful well thank you so much um this has just been so fun to talk to you I, I always learn something every time we speak and I really really appreciate um all the work that you do and the the creativity of, you know, how do we serve better is, is kind of always at the tip of your tongue and your heart. And, and um, you know, it comes off in, in everything you do, Carolyn. So I hope you know how much people here um, in Minnesota and in the Twin Cities in particular um, that I can speak to, you know, through our, our senior groups and our you know, Roseville um AD group and things, how much you are appreciated because you are a true gem of, of, of not only a professional, but just a, a person um, at the whole. So, um, again, kudos Thanks. to you. You really. Um, well, I do. I do feel we have a strong community here. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, have a heart for this work. And I say it that way because I feel you're called to do this work, Lori. There's many of us that have been on Roseville AD together. We're all called to do this work. We're not doing it because someone told us we had to do it. 
And mm-hmm. to me, those are the people you want to surround yourself with when you're having um, a change in life, um, mm-hmm. because those are the people that will uplift you. So thank yep. you for your kind words, Lori. Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree. Well, to our listeners, I hope you like, click, and share this. Um, you know, don't be shy. Share the nuggets. That's, you know, it improves all of our lives when we share the nuggets of, of what's available and what can be done to improve life with dementia. So, again, Caroline, uh, Caroline, thank you so much for your time today, and keep up the great work. Thank you. Take good care. You too. So um, we are going to hear from the Adaptive um, Equipment and Caregiving Corner quick here, and uh, they're going to be talking about the foot bar walker. If you know of anyone who has mobility issues, you need to check them out. I love the foot bar walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. I absolutely love that Footbar Walker, and I love the Adaptive Equipment Caregiver Corner. There are They have so many resources and great videos to check out. So, you know, if you're having a, a hip or a knee redone or so many other things, we are going to hear from the ALS authors, and then we are going to all part ways, and we will talk on Thursday. Hello, podcast listener. If you're caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia, you'll want to check out All's Authors, the global community of authors writing about Alzheimer's and dementia from personal experience. We have the most comprehensive collection of hundreds of carefully vetted books and blogs covering all types of dementia and caring situations. Our authors' personal stories and painfully learned lessons can help you on your own journey. We also offer a fabulous podcast called Untangling Alzheimer's and Dementia, which you can find on any of your podcast platforms. Remember, you are not alone. One can sing a lonely song, but we chose to form a choir and create harmony. Find us at allsauthors.com. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Talk soon. Bye-bye.